On this episode of Beating a Dead Horse, we have a guest with us, and we're just going to start talking about, uh, first topic at hand is, let's go with uh, arm wrestling. <laughs> kind of random, but uh, our guest here is like a connoisseur of sorts. Um, yeah, I don't know, kind of give us a little bit of a of a background, I guess, into the world of arm wrestling. Yeah, well, uh, I competed in arm wrestling uh, for about five, six years, uh, but I have mm. not competed in about five now. Um, so at this point, I would not refer to my, I definitely would not refer to myself as a um, competitor uh, now at this point. I, I'm at best like a, a fan um, because I still um, I still watch it. I still keep kind of uh, stay kind of involved in the the news and updates of it and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it's it's a uh, it is a pretty cool sport that is not very well known. Although it's made some pretty big jumps in uh, how popular it's been mm-hmm. uh, as of recently because I've noticed now like before it would kind of get these. There would be these times in in arm wrestling's history where it seemed like it was going to become a big deal, and then it kind of just didn't. So, like it all it all started way back in like the I want to say the '80s or maybe '70s. It was on like ABC's Wide World of Sports like every week, and like according to my mom, my grandfather, it was like his favorite thing to watch on TV, and it was like a big deal. And she remembers his friends coming over to watch it and stuff. So Hmm. that's kind of interesting because I've never really heard that. It seems like it was popular for a little bit, and then it kind of died off. And back then, it was um, it was almost like a byproduct of other sports because like it used to be it used to be an event in like world's strongest man um oh. so they would actually have like an arm wrestling event and like magnus samuelson who is considered by some to be one of like the best world's strongest man champions of all time um he was like he would he was very successful at it there's a video where he breaks another guy's arm oh. in the world's strongest man competition um, but yeah, like there was that guy, there was, there was this gigantic dude who was like six foot seven named Cleve Dean. He competed in world's strongest man. He also competed in arm wrestling and he was one of like the very best people to ever, uh, one of the, one of the physically strongest people to ever do it. Um, so it was kind of like, it was basically just other strength athletes that mm-hmm. like also did that was, was kind of where it really started but then there became kind of people then there became people who were just arm wrestlers and then uh it fell out of the wide world of sports thing um the next big thing that happened with it is sylvester stallone decided to um make a movie about it called over the tops like a super cheesy 80s movie it's actually kind of entertaining though if you're into that type of 80s you know type of movie you know Sylvester Stallone movies Arnold Schwarzenegger movies you know mm-hmm. that type of thing it's it's kind of a fun movie but but in so in the in the movie arm wrestling is like a huge deal and there's like this big tournament coming up and that's the whole plot of the movie but in real life they actually did do a real counterpart to that tournament which it wasn't ever a thing before the movie it has not been a thing since the movie it was just for that movie they actually did organize this big over the top tournament. And, um, so that was like a big deal. And, um, and the guy who won that is this guy named John Brzezink. He was like 20 years old or something. And, um, he was since that point, which that was back in the eighties. Um, now he's almost 60 years old and he's still one of the best in the world, which is crazy. But John Brzezink's like a whole, that that is a whole entire other like subject almost because <laughs> it, the story with that guy is crazy. But um, and then after over the top, it kind of sprinkled in and out of like mainstream television. Like you mm-hmm. would get it on ESPN sometimes. Um, it uh, 
there was a few years ago. Um, there was actually a, a season of a, of a show on, on AMC called Game of Arms. And on Game of Arms, they basically... <laughs> The matches were real, but the circumstances and the teams were totally fictional. And I would know because uh, I was on that show for three separate episodes. Um, Oh, really? Yeah, so um, I was in the, what they call the Sacramento, California episodes, but really they were filmed in Lodi. And also also I was in the the season finale, which was... um, pretty cool but very bizarre it was filmed actually in a uh like an abandoned like old school uh theater in downtown la um like it literally was all boarded up and everything it was super weird um but it was cool and on that show which was on amc and it was i think it was playing i want to say it was when it would air, it would air like right after like Pawn Stars or, or some other really popular show. Mm-hmm. And so everybody thought like, oh, this is it. Now our wrestling is going to get really, really big. And of course it, you know, it didn't. And then, <laughs> um, so there's always been these like kind of these highs that the sport gets where it's like it gets involved in some big deal type of thing like on ESPN or, or in a TV show or, or uh, whatever. And then it just kind of still doesn't really go anywhere. Um, and then, but most recently, the biggest strides have been made for sure because some big time internet uh, influencers in like the fitness community. So like Larry Wheels, mm-hmm. um, who, who's immensely popular. Um, he got really into it. He actually started his own um, promotion, which is called King of the Table where he does like these big events in uh, Dubai um, and they're actually pretty dang cool. And then now you see all these like mainstream figures like in the fitness industry and whatnot that are like adding arm wrestlers and communicating with them. Now there's all these YouTube channels popping up that have like hundreds of thousands of followers that all they do is follow the arm wrestling world. Um, and a lot of, figures in the sport of arm wrestling have gotten super kind of internet famous out of it primarily um devin larrett who mm. i've been shocked like sometimes um there have been people who uh like that that i meet whether it's at work or whatever and if the subject comes up of arm wrestling almost immediately they're like oh you mean like like devin larrett and it just blows my mind because like 10 years ago you would never run into just a random person who um it it would just be so unusual for someone to actually be able to like name an arm wrestler like Mm -hmm. it's it's just it's weird like Devin is not not a household name that's taken it too far but it's shocking how many people know who Devin Laird is like if you were to say Devin Laird to them it's shocking how many people will go oh yeah he's an arm wrestler like it that was never really a thing before Mm -hmm. um but but it is now because mostly I think because of like Larry Wheels and and um, even Eddie Hall, even Brian Shaw, which are two world's strongest man competitors, even they uh, they've had videos where they're like hanging out with Devin Larry or arm wrestling with him or or arm wrestling each other. Apparently, Brian Shaw claims that he doesn't want to say he he had this kind of kind of like this uh, cheeky video he did where he's where he's like oh, you know, I am going to get into it. And anyone who knows me knows that I, I don't take anything lightly. So he's hmm. insinuating that he's going to, like, uh, try to make waves in arm wrestling. So we'll see if that happens or not. But, um, yeah, that's basically what the deal is with arm wrestling. It, it's a cool sport. It's um, It confuses a lot of people. A lot of people, they're... they're uh, I guess, um, experience with arm wrestling is, you know, I think most people, when they think arm wrestling, they think about like that one guy they know who, you know, is really skinny, but is able to beat much bigger guys. Mm-hmm. And the way that they kind of rationalize that in their head is they, is they go, Oh, well, it must all be technique. And so they think of arm wrestling as like, it, like anytime you bring up arm wrestling, it gets like 
you know, casual people, you know, they're going to say, they're going to have some remark about like, well, isn't that all technique though? And there's plenty of technique involved. That's for sure. There's plenty of unique moves, so to speak involved, Mm -hmm. but it's definitely not only technique. Like, and I would, I would actually go as far as say technique probably isn't even the most important thing. It really, what it is, is it's a very specific kind of strength that, a lot of people just kind of don't have um it's kind of the the ability to um basically keep your hand from being opened while also uh maintaining that position and being able to uh, flex your wrist joint and also pronate um pronate your forearm mm-hmm. um if you can do those two things the force that it puts on the other person's hand is basically just very uncomfortable and it just gives you a big time leverage advantage and then now maybe you know maybe your bicep or your lat or whatever isn't nearly isn't on par with the guy you're arm wrestling but you have such a big advantage because of that hand and wrist um strength that you are able to access more of your strength and apply it than your opponent is and so you know people will look at like some buff guy versus some skinny guy skinny guy wins and so the assumption is well obviously it's not a strength thing well no it is because it, the buff guy uh doesn't have a strong wrist or doesn't have mm. a strong hand or or whatever mm. and maybe that skinny guy does right so would you say it's um, more like an isometric strength than it is like a dynamic strength yeah in fact uh that's the yeah most arm wrestlers would would definitely say that um so or they'll or they'll refer to it as like static strength you know Mm -hmm. which is like getting at the same thing but just a little (laughs) less formal i think but um yeah so you know a lot of times when people arm wrestle um if you really pay attention to the way professional arm wrestling looks um generally their arm will not change much position um, during their their path from the starting position, which is straight up and down in the middle of the table, to the ending position, which is pinning their opponent to the pad. Their arm, like the angle of their arm, like the distance between their hand and their own shoulder and all that, it oftentimes won't really change much. What happens is they kind of maintain the same angle with an isometric strength, mm. um, as you said, and then they kind of rotate uh, to one direction basically at the hips and if their arm is strong enough has enough isometric strength to maintain that position their arm follows them the other guy's arm opens up and then they pin them whereas if their arm doesn't have that isometric strength you can bend at the waist all you want you can throw your body around all you want your arm isn't going to follow you because mm-hmm. it's not strong enough to yeah. uh, keep up so you're going to leave your arm behind and then now you it's it's kind of like every move in arm wrestling is almost like it's like you're betting the mortgage on your house like if you throw your body one way and your arm can't keep up not only did it not keep up but now you just expanded the angle of your arm which mm-hmm. makes your arm in effect even less capable of uh that isometric that isometric hold mm-hmm. uh at a wider angle now and now you're more vulnerable to be um pinned yourself by the other guy so yeah definitely yeah that's a huge huge deep dive a lot of details that i was not expecting in, in arm <laughs> wrestling in my head i'm like you just grab the guy's arm and, and and you know wrench on it um few questions let's take it back a little bit amc show i kind of remember that show um i had no idea you're on there that's crazy um did they pay you first of all and and secondly how did you get on the show well first of all did they pay me no they did not um i was basically an extra um, okay although i was much closer to the camera and more often in frame than like to me extras generally are like but i i basically was an extra okay. um so the way that I got onto the show was at the time I was, um, 
I was routinely training with a team called the California Armbenders, um, which were, it's odd because most of them lived in Sacramento, but they all liked to meet at a member's house who lived in Turlock. Um, and so there was, there was like a guy, there were a few guys driving from Sonoma County down to Turlock. There were a few guys driving from Sacramento to Turlock. There were a few guys driving from, uh, Redwood city to Turlock. Um, everyone was meeting in Turlock and then, um, it was very informal. It was very strange. It was very last minute. Like, I would literally be at work and I would get a text from one of them and they'd be like, Hey, they're filming for a TV show. Can you come to this address? And it was like, huh? huh? Like, where did this come from? You know? And then, um, I would show up and didn't really think much of it, but, um, they were like, yeah, we're the same film crew that films deadliest catch. It was called like undertow productions, I think. Hmm. And, um, they would have you assign like a waiver uh, that said that they were going to have us on TV um, and that we could basically say like, Hey, you use my face on TV. Now you owe me money type of thing. Yeah. Um, if we wanted to be on it and um, any logos, like if our shirt had a logo on it, um, they had this gigantic like rolling cabinet filled with like, like, a hundred different colors of duct tape (laughs) and you could, you could either put duct tape over the logos or you could, uh, like turn your shirt inside out or whatever. They did not want any logos on TV. And, um, yeah, I would just basically get this invite from some of the guys on the team that I was training with and I would show up and, um, uh, they would basically say, you know, do this, do that, um, you know, stand here, stand there. Mm-hmm. And it would take like all day. It would, it would be like, I remember one time, I think the first one I went to, it was at night and it was only a few hours and it mm-hmm. was at like a ranch. But then, um, another time, um, uh, the other times it would be like on a day off and it would be like an all day thing. It'd be like a 10 hour thing. Um, luckily it was, you know, it's kind of like, wow, you did that for free, you know, 10 hours. It's like, well, it wasn't really like work because at least we were getting to see real matches take place like in person. And so it was still fun and it was still, it was entertaining and fun and worth doing for that. Um, but yeah, um, that was kind of how I got, got onto that. How, how much of it was produced? Like how much of it was like? You know, like you were saying, stand here, do this, do that. Would you say everything besides the matches? Actually, yeah, pretty much. So um, the matches were real. Like the people who were competing were authentically trying to win. Yeah. Um, There was no like fixing of the matches or like, hey, actually let him win this one. Um, I didn't see anything like that. And um, and I don't suspect anything like that either because there was, there were some, there were some genuine emotions like off camera and whatnot, um, running pretty high mm-hmm. with some of the wins and losses, um, that they didn't, they weren't recording and could not have known was happening. And there would be no reason for the competitors to be saying or doing because the cameras are nowhere nearby. So it, it, I know for sure that the, the wins and losses were real, but, um, but everything else about it. So for one, they would, you know, arm wrestling tournaments while not being, um, while not being, you know, like UFC level production value, they're still like organized and they're still, um, you know, like, uh, relatively formal. Like it's still like, Hey, this is a tournament. It's at like a County fairground there's a referee there, you know, this Mm -hmm. is the time when it starts. Here's the breakdown of the rules here. You know, um, in the show, they tried really hard to make it much more edgy than I I guess they were going for. They wanted it to be this, like this badass underground outlaw edgy type thing. So they would, they would film an arm wrestling event, like in like, um, like a, in a chop shop or, like I said, in an abandoned theater or 
one episode, although I wasn't there for it, it was filmed in like Pennsylvania. It was in like, uh, like a meat processing plant and that just would never, ever happen. Not only would it never (laughs) happen, it would never come close to happening. That's just not how arm wrestling is. Like it's not, it's, it's not that ridiculous. It's happening at these events still occur at venues, like legitimate venues, like, like a, like a hotel, you know, uh, uh ballroom like a rentable like uh, you know ballroom event room venue room just like like fighting events happen right, um, right. um in fact i went to one of your fighting events uh in oakland uh if it, it would be just like that like it would you know just take out the the ring and yeah. put in you know a stage with tape it, it's literally just like that but um yeah they they wanted to try really hard to make it seem overly underground and whatnot yeah. Did they did they ever ask like extras or people around to like cheer extra loud or like to be like extra you know boisterous or anything like that? Uh, okay. So interestingly, not really, but I think it's because huh. we were already loud because <laughs> okay. that's how that's how it would be anyway. Honestly, yeah. is you see two you know top level dudes that are competing it's it's exciting and it's fun and and everybody gets loud already so they didn't really have to fudge that they didn't really have you know we're not just sitting there quietly with our hands in our laps watching this that that's not how it ever looks you know it's it's just like every other sporting event that people care about like the crowd is going to be loud right Mm -hmm. um so no they didn't really have to do that maybe maybe here and there maybe they'd say like hey like start that up a little bit sooner because we're going to roll the cameras but that was always pretty authentic because yeah, yeah it, it still was a real uh, match occurring. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they didn't really need to, to mess with that too much. Did they, did they bring in any extra people that weren't necessarily a part of arm wrestling just to kind of, I don't know, make it, you know, seem like there's more people in the crowd? Um, yes, they did. That's right. So, um, the ones that I filmed in Lodi, there was very few. There's like a couple people for some reason. Um, and I got to talking with them and, um, I actually found out it was kind of funny. They were paid like $400 a day to basically just go around to different productions, get suited up in basically a costume Uh and, um, to be a professional member of the crowd. Um, uh, there was way more of them uh, when I did the LA one. Mm. Way more. Because that yeah. was a much bigger open space that they needed to fill with more people. Mm-hmm. So a lot more people there were paid extras. Uh, but at the Lodi ones, they got enough real uh, like arm wrestlers and whatnot to show up where they didn't really need um, too much of that. Gotcha. Uh, you mentioned earlier Brian Shaw uh, might be getting into arm wrestling now. He's a huge, huge dude. I don't know how tall he is. Like what, six, seven, three hundred fifty pounds or something like that. Are there weight classes in arm wrestling? Or is it super heavyweight? You can be as big and as heavy as you want. Yeah, super heavyweight is generally two hundred forty-two pounds and up. So, um, if you weigh two hundred fifty pounds, it's it's rough for you because. Um, he would not be the he wouldn't be the heaviest guy in the sport. Oh, really? the, the guy who's number one in the world right now, um, his name is Levon, and he's from Georgia, the country, not the state. Mm-hmm. And he's a monster. He's not nearly as tall as Brian Shaw. I think he's like six three or six two or something. But I think he's six three. But he uh, but he weighs uh, over four hundred pounds. Yeah, he's a big monster. He actually just obliterated Devin Larratt uh, earlier this year. Um, but he, uh, yeah, so there's there's some big giant guys like that. There's been plenty of guys who have been up in the 400s. Um, there's another one named Corey West. He's over 400 pounds. Um, he might be number one in the world left-handed right now. Um the guy I mentioned from way back when, who was a strongman competitor, Cleve Dean. So he was six foot seven. Believe it or not, at one point, that guy weighed apparently close to six hundred pounds. What? And I'm not talking about like when How's he that was possible? on his. 
he and I'm not and he was like competing in like world's strongest man and stuff. What the heck? He wasn't six hundred pounds like on his deathbed, hadn't moved in five years. He was six hundred pounds like actively working on a farm, actively competing in world's strongest man, actively competing in arm wrestling. What's, what's his name um, again? Cleve Dean. So it's uh I think C L E V E is his first name, I uh-huh. think, and then, and also he's regarded as having the big, the largest hands ever in the sport of arm wrestling. Um, his hands were something like eleven inches long or something crazy like that. Um, absolutely massive guy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to Google that later. That's crazy. Six hundred pounds. That's like that's yeah. At his absolute largest, yeah, he was 600. But other than that, he floated around like 450. Um, but at yeah, there were there were points in his career where he was uh, approximately 600 pounds. Um, That's so, insane. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. Now, can let's say somebody like Cleve Dean or you know uh, the best of the best, Darren Lair and stuff. Are they are they making a living off of arm wrestling? Are they doing supplemental things or? Well, um, Cleve Dean definitely during that time period would not have not even close. Um, mm. So nowadays, there's more ways to make money. Um, it's kind of the standard influencer ways. So like, gotcha. um, Devin Devin Larrett has a YouTube channel. It's very popular. He uploads a lot of videos, um, and he puts no production into them whatsoever. Most of the time, it's just a cell phone, rearward-facing camera video. It's like two minutes long of him just like, just on his face as he talks, and, but they'll get tons and tons of views. So his channel's monetized, and uh, through that, he, he makes a bunch of money there. Um, in addition to that, um, I've heard rumors that like him going over to Dubai for King of the Table events has yielded him like 50 grand per mm-hmm. match lately in the Larry Wheels production. Um, so there's definitely money to be made. Much, there's much more money to be made in arm wrestling now than there ever was before, um, for sure. So monetarily, it, it's it's at its height right now, um, and it'll probably continue to go up. But, um, no, back in the day, they were making very little money, very, very little. Um, the guy who is the greatest arm wrestler of all time, John Brzezink, who, um, for like, had like a 20 year span where he virtually competed like a dozen times a year, if not more, and would lose in that entire 20 year period, maybe lost a single digit amount of times. So his record, just to take a guess, is probably something crazy like 30,000 wins and like <laughs> eight losses or something in that 20-year period. And um, and during that time, he was even he was saying, I want to say that he believed he was making about like 30 grand a year arm wrestling. Wow. So, so he still had a career. He's like an airline technician or something. Um but and so the thirty grand was basically just fun money. But no, he could not have quit his job and only arm wrestled. There's no way. Wow. That's yeah. To have that type of a record and make that kind of money is crazy. Yeah, um, definitely. What is what are some of the training methods when it comes to arm wrestling as far as like strength training? Well, um, if you ask John Brzezink, who, like I just mentioned, is the greatest of all time, um, he will tell you that just arm wrestling. Um, so his big thing is that's pretty much all he does. Uh-huh. Uh, he um, he says that he took up weight training uh, whenever he was younger um, and I guess progressed his numbers a pretty good amount on some basic lifts like bench press and whatnot and felt like not, nothing ever translated over and so he kind of just stopped um and ever since then he's basically just arm wrestled um but he's definitely as weird as it sounds he's the best but he's also the minority because um 
pretty much every other top level pro says the total opposite of that. Um, mm. They're like, no, you absolutely cannot just arm wrestle. You, <laughs> you definitely also um, have to do basically. It, it's kind of like any form of strength training. Like you want whatever lift you're doing to look as similar to your sport as possible. Mm-hmm. So like the less it looks like what you're doing, the less it will translate. Um, so, um, you know, if you want to get good, there's never going to be someone who breaks a bench, a bench press world record who doesn't bench press. Right. Like right. you, you wouldn't be able to just be like, Oh, I, I train dumbbell flies really, really hard. And I, I train, you know, cable crossovers really, really hard. And I do, you know, skull crushers and I do overhead presses. I train all those really, really hard. And then I go to the bench press competition and I get first place, you know, like you'll, that's, you're never going to hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to get good at bench press, you got to bench press. So, um, similar with arm wrestling, um, it, it, some of the exercises are, pretty weird looking to be honest like um generally uh people are going to try to train their hand and wrist as much as they can um so you want to you know do something that trains like your ability to flex your wrist with a great deal of force Mm -hmm. your ability to pronate your wrist with a great deal of force um but you know you kind of want to have your arm kind of in like an arm wrestling type position whenever you're doing these things because if you're just training like you know if you're standing upright your arms are down at your sides and you put a dumbbell in your hand and you you just flex your wrist over and over that's great and all but that's not at all similar to what arm wrestling is because you don't arm wrestle with a straight arm you know so um, a lot of times people will kind of they'll set up a cable pulley up high and then they'll grab a handle uh so that you know they're below the pulley and it's away from them and then they'll they'll set up like in an arm wrestling position and then they'll like flex their wrist towards them um you know um some people are really big on like cheap curls i guess you could say like like a curl with the reduced range of motion mm-hmm. um like it like an arm wrestling range of motion um, some people are big on those. Other arm wrestlers swear that that weight, that training biceps extensively is a waste of time because um, they feel that of the muscles important in arm wrestling that it, it ranks kind of low on the list, so they don't bother. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a guy, Todd Hutchings. He's probably, for his weight, which is like 225, he's one of the physically just strongest arm wrestlers in the world. Um, he generally will um, get his hand exploited and taken by his opponent, and it just won't matter. He'll just beat them anyway, just mm-hmm. because his arm is so uh, unbelievably strong. And I've heard him say that, that he basically doesn't train his biceps oh. at all. He doesn't feel that um, – he says he doesn't feel that it really seems to matter a whole lot. So um, – that's, that's one mentality. Um, Devin Lariat, I've noticed, um, he seems to be big on training pronation on training. Um, he refers to it as rising. Um, but it's basically, uh, if your arms in like an arm wrestling position and you kind of raise, uh, your wrists, so you're like, your knuckles come like towards your own face. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, I think it's wrist like, dorsiflexion really would be the might be the technical term maybe not um, yeah extension but, wrist um, extension yeah something like that um is what it would be called um so he's he's very um he's very big on that very very big on that um so there's that and then there's people like john brzink who i think <laughs> there's very few but john brzink swears that um just arm wrestling is best but i i kind of have the opinion that the reason he thinks that is because he's a genetic freak and that is fine for him because of the fact that he's a genetic freak but if he wasn't a genetic freak and if he was a normal guy 
that would not be fine for him. He would need the extra assistance of uh, additional strength training. But mm-hmm. that's just me. Um, no, I would yeah. agree with you on that. Um, do you see anybody doing any like core work, dynamic, you know, like isometric core work or? Because um, I know arm wrestling is a very, your arm is, you know, kind of stationary, but your body moves, right? Like you were saying earlier. So any of that type of training where you're like, I don't know, dynamically trying to twist your torso or um, drop your weight or anything, or is it mostly arm focused? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Uh, so in a way, yes, because when you arm wrestle, so if you go to an arm wrestling practice and you sit there and you arm wrestle over and over and over and over, mm-hmm. like you like you just said, because of the fact that you're bending at the at the at the you know the center of your body and whatnot, um, in that sense, yeah, you are working your core. In fact, I have um, I have definitely like after a practice when I haven't gone to one in a while, like if I were to go to one tomorrow. I for sure would uh, be fair, like my obliques would be mm-hmm. um, really aching um, pretty bad. Um, I've had that happen before, right? I go to practice for a while and then wait, and then the next day, like um, my obliques are sore. Um, so, that being said, I don't know if I've ever seen a pro arm wrestler be like, oh, check it out. These are all the lifts I do. And then one of the lifts is like, a, like some type of core exercise um I, I don't think i've ever seen that but but by default just arm wrestling in general is going to work your core yeah. pretty often now there are some people though on the other hand um so, so a lot of people do bend over at their core but some people don't some people especially the the really really tall guys they basically squat down as mm. they apply their pressure towards the pad so for them you know just body type alone their core probably isn't doing a whole lot um you know they're kind of just dropping their weight uh to get that positioning with their arm um and they're kind of squatting down um underneath the table but uh but a lot of guys definitely do uh uh, bend over at the waist and whatnot so yeah Hmm. yeah Maybe maybe that's a maybe I just unlock the secret. Start training your core, and you'll be a champion uh, arm yeah. wrestler. <laughs> um, yeah, that'll, that'll do it. <laughs> something interesting I've I've also seen. I think I, it was Devin Larrett, but he was hooking his leg like underneath the table. Um, I don't know if he's pushing, you know, with his his leg, but or just kind of just using it as a um, leverage point. But I don't know. Do you think? maybe training hamstrings, you know, as well to kind of be able to hook his leg and just have a rear station, you know, like a solid spot that he can use as leverage. Would that be beneficial or just a waste of time? You know, if you have, if you're going to be training, just do the the stuff that's already working. Well, I think, uh, well, for, so for one, that, that is very common. Yeah. Like Devin does do that, but almost every arm wrestler does that. Okay. Um, some people kind of just like to, uh, kind of stand with their, like, uh, uh, their foot, like braced up against one of the bottom of one of the legs of the table. And that's good enough for them. Some people will wrap their leg, like you're mentioning around the leg of the table. Some people will, lift their leg all the way up and press the bottom of their foot up against the the top inside of the leg and brace that way. Um, But basically what they're, they're doing it, they're, they're, they're really bracing. So they're, they're kind of trying to take the movement out of their lower body so that their upper body can't apply as much force as possible. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's a similar thing to like when you do like a lat pull down, uh, machine at the gym like even though the weight that you're doing is less than what you weigh you still feel so much stronger just by tucking your quads underneath the little right foam uh thing that you know holds you down because it's it's taking that movement and that feeling of uneasiness out of the equation so that you can pull with everything you've got um and so I think it's a similar thing with arm wrestling. Like that's really what it's doing. I don't know how much like strengthening the legs would really do it. I know that there's a lot of 
like top level, unbelievably powerful world class arm wrestlers who straight up don't train their legs at all. <laughs> okay. Um, so, um, I mean, probably every little thing helps, but you start getting into like you know, it's like some exercises maybe they have like you know, 40% carryover, right? So like for every bit of progress you make on that lift, 40% of that actually translates into your arm wrestling. And then, and then other things are like a little bit less valuable. It's like 30% and 20 and then 15 and then 10. And then I would just assume that like quad and hamstring stuff probably gets down there into the like 1%, -hmm. half a percent, quarter of a percent. Like I would just assume it would, it would, Sure, in theory, um, just based on that observation, it, it it should somewhat kind of sort of carry over at some point. But you know, it's it's about how many hours in each day do you want to train, and yeah. of those hours, like what do you really want to put into those hours? You know, like um, so, yeah. If if somebody wanted to get into uh, arm wrestling, how would they how would they kind of go about it? So for one, you probably want to watch a good amount of videos, which especially nowadays there's plenty because you can learn a lot just from seeing the videos. But um, you would want to oh, – there's actually an app um, really? that Devin Larratt's always promoting that is almost like a <laughs> – it, it's like a, it lets you know like other arm wrestlers like in your area. And then you can like meet up and like have a practice, right? Like a training session. And, yeah, and um, that's the primary way that arm wrestling goes is you generally want to have a team of people because um, there's no substitute. Like you can, you can get super strong at pronating. You can get super strong at uh, flexing your wrist. Um, you can do all that, but if you're not getting on the arm wrestling table, and actually like arm wrestling with other people, um, you're only going to go so far. Like you do need that component of it. Mm-hmm. A good example would be like, to be honest with you, like uh, there's a video of like Devin Larry arm wrestling, like uh, Thor Bjornsson. Right. Mm-hmm. And you would fully expect, I mean, the guy has, has one world strongest man, the numbers that he's moving in the gym are multiple times what Devin Larry will ever dream about. Um, and he's not just grabbing onto a barbell and pushing on it. You know, he's not a power lifter. He's a strong man. And, and, and strong man compete competitions. They are absolutely using a lot of wrist flexion because they've got to like lift Atlas stones, right? right. If you don't have wrist flexion, your hands just flatten out and the stone just falls right out. So um, they're lifting Atlas stones. They're grabbing like, like bizarre, like cumbersome, implements and they're lifting those things by by these like big, big wide you know huge uh handles that they have to hold on to so it it's safe to say i think that thor bjornsson probably has world-class wrist flexion mm-hmm. um i would say um and brian shaw and eddie hall and yet when devin larrett arm wrestles them uh, they basically look like he's arm wrestling a random guy, you know? <laughs> so you would think like, if you could just train, train it in a gym and go do it, you would think that Devin would at least be trying really hard against these guys. Um, but he's not, he makes it look easy. Um, it's just, uh, you know, I think that strength is, has been proven to be specific, like, um, when you when you build a certain movement, that's what you're doing is you're building that movement. Mm-hmm. And if and if you want to be strong at a movement, you've got to you've got to do that movement. So um, you have to arm wrestle is the only way to put it. Um, and you got to arm wrestle over and over again. It's not good enough to just like like uh, go to school and you know beat the strong guy in your class or <laughs> go to college and you know get some guy to agree to arm wrestle you and then you know, once a week and beat them. Like you need a group of people that are like into it. Like you are that are down to meet up and, and arm wrestle for like an hour or two, like, Mm -hmm. you know, every week or every two weeks or whatever. Um, I don't recall what the app is called. Um, 
But Devin Larratt definitely, uh, I've heard him promoted a bunch of times. Um, but uh, yeah, you got to meet up with a team of people. Um, it might be Armbet. I think it is Armbet. It's on Google Play. Okay. Yeah, it's Arm Wrestling Community app. That's it. Armbet. A R M B E T. Yeah, that's it. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, it's on Google Play. But um, yeah, you got to meet up with people. And for me, like, I practice with a bunch of different teams, and they're usually over the top welcoming. Well, actually. It's always been over the top. Well, I've never had a team that would like gave me the cold shoulder or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, it's always like, oh hell yeah, man, we'll put you in the text list. Like we'll let you know. Like, yeah, yeah, we we do it like every Saturday or every Sunday or whatever. Like, come on out. Like, you know, that's always how it's been. Um, so that's what you would need to do. You would need to kind of get a team, build your knowledge with you know watching videos, whether they're from Devin Larry or whoever. A lot of pro arm wrestlers have their own channels now. They're all getting super popular. Um, it's kind of in the golden age, and in, in that in that respect, to be and honest. So, how would yeah. you how would you start competing? How would you go about? You know, maybe let's say somebody wants to be a pro. Uh, start competing. So, um, for me, whenever I did it, um, there was a. I would just Google like arm wrestling tournaments, um, California, right. And, um, see what kind of events are coming up. There's different promoters and whatnot, depending on like which state you live in. Um, the guy who does a lot of tournaments in California, um, also does some tournaments, I think like in Oregon and even Washington, I think. And, uh, I would basically just sign up on the website and um, make a plan to go to the tournament. My first one was in Venice Beach. Um, I signed up for it on very short notice, like a week out or something. Um, I just found out about it and decided to go. Um, so, yeah, I, I've been out of it for so long, I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's even more consolidated now. Maybe now there's just one website that has – all tournaments listed on it. Mm. It may even be in arm bets, to be honest. I don't know. But um, I used to just Google, like, arm wrestling tournament and see what I got. But... Gotcha. Now, if, let's say you find a tournament on there. Um, what is, like, the training, I guess, timeline? Like, how long would you give yourself? You know, a fighter would train, you know, six to eight weeks before competition. Is it the same for an arm wrestler? Well, <laughs> I mean... It kind of depends. If you have somewhat of a talent for it, you might be able to just show up at a tournament and actually place your first time <laughs> as long as you're competing in an amateur division. Gotcha. Um, you know, because there's going to be plenty of people there um, almost every time at tournaments in the amateur division who their story is basically, oh, yeah, I've never competed before. Like, I just figured, why not, right? So you're going to get your lot of the competition is going to be those guys. There's also – in the amateur division though there are some guys who have been competing in tournaments for like 20 years oh wow um who just never go pro because they know they'll get smoked (laughs) and so they kind of just like to feel good about beating up on uh new guys um Mm. i've definitely had a few guys like that that i've that i competed against unknowingly whenever i was brand new um so there's a little bit of that um but so, to answer your question, yeah, it, in an amateur division, um, it's a toss-up. To go pro, it's probably going to take, if you're truly dedicated, um, probably a minimum of like a year of consistent practicing. Okay. Um, and you'd probably want to go to tournaments too, because the thing about it is like, you could just go to practices and be, you know, really good at 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 arm wrestling at practice but a tournament's a different thing you know there's the stress of oh it's a tournament it's official there's um the stress of you know you're arm wrestling you're not arm wrestling the same guy that you arm wrestle every week you're arm wrestling a random guy um so it's different you know people's hand sizes are wildly different um people's strengths are wildly different like it's amazing how foreign 
a human arm can feel even whenever you grip up with a human arm <laughs> all the time yeah um it's just it's bizarre but um yeah so it uh yeah to go pro it's probably gonna be like a year i'd say of uh going to practices consistently and then going to amateur division tournaments periodically um before you're you know probably gonna feel safe stepping into a pro division somewhere mm -hmm. cool thank you for that deep dive into the uh to the world of arm wrestling hopefully <laughs> hopefully we get a whole new batch of people getting um interested in you know starting to compete and stuff oh yeah yeah it's definitely a really cool sport it's cool you know it, it not being popular is a blessing and a curse because on the one hand it's like, oh, it kind of sucks that, you know, we don't have the super high production value of other sports and whatnot. But on the other hand, it's kind of cool that you can you can literally, like, watch a video of Devin Larratt. You can get all, you know, wow, he's so cool, you know, and you can be a big fan of his. And it is very realistic and very easy that if you wanted to meet him, you definitely could because mm. he's not a full-blown celebrity. You know, he's not LeBron James where – you'll go your whole life never being within a hundred feet of him. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, like Devin Larratt will just, for instance, uh, he was in Modesto, California a couple months ago. Oh, wow. Um, he was at a gym there. He, they, they contacted him and said, Hey, would you like to do like a seminar here? He said, yeah, sure. They flew him out. They put it up on Facebook and it was just like, yeah, you can just come down and meet him, you know, which, right on. um, yeah. So it's, it's very cool in that you can do that. Um, like all the, of the majority of the guys that are like arm wrestling famous, I guess you could say I've met, um, during the short amount of years I was competing, um, just at tournaments and whatnot. I've never had a single one of them be like standoffish to me. Like you literally walk up and you just, you know, you don't know what to expect. You're like, wow, here's this really awesome, you know, guy that I've been watching on the internet for a year who I think is so cool. And he's just standing around and you walk up and you're like, Oh, Hey. And they're like, Oh, Hey, what's up, man? Where are you from? And they pull you into a 10 minute conversation, you know, and it's yeah. just, that's not something that that's not something you would get to have with like most sports. You know, that's not, that's something that right. people would, would dream of. Like people would kill and have like messy, you know, treat them that way or whatever. Right. And it will never, ever happen for them. <laughs> so, <laughs> Uh, whereas in arm wrestling, the messy of arm wrestling, you absolutely, you could make that happen within a year of being ar interested in arm wrestling. I mean, that's as awesome. long as you bought a plane ticket. So, um, yeah, it's a really cool aspect of it, too. It's very underrated. Cool, right on. That's a very, it's, it's an intimate sport, right? Definitely, definitely. It's growing, but, yeah, it still remains intimate, that's for sure. Right on. Cool, cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think that's, uh, we got a lot of information there. Oh, yeah. Any, anything else you want to add? Uh, I think we covered quite a bit. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's probably it for now. Um, unless there's anything else you got for it no no I think that's good thank you for listening to another episode of beating a dead horse please like comment and share see you on the next one